0: Little roller up along first. Behind the bag. It gets through Buckner. Here comes Knight, and the Mets win it.
1: A 2 1 pitch. And a drive in the air to deep right field. That ball headed toward the wall. That ball is out of here. Out of here. A game winning Grand Slam home run off the bat of Robin Ventura. Hey. And it's hit deep to left center. Andrew Jones on the run. This one has a chance. Home run. By Piazza, and the Mets lead 3-2. ball to two. Left, on the left. Back at the wall, and the captain's going deep to the wall. Turner drives one to center, chasing Nimmo back to the warning track, right at the fence. He made the catch. Oh, wow. The catch of the year from Brandon Nimmo. He took a home run away from Justin Turner. Wow.
0: Have your attention, please. The show starts in ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Go! Episode twenty six. It is the Shay Hello Podcast. My name is Casey Lynn, and I'm joined by my co-host, former Major League pitcher and New York Met, Bill Pulsifer. We have Stephen White, our producer behind the glass, and this episode is brought to you by Roots-Recordings.com. If you're watching here on YouTube, please like share subscribe just hit that button subscribe uh we have reached 300 subscribers A big deal right. uh, very happy about that as we move towards uh you know bigger goals but you know it's only been 25 epi- episodes so very happy with that and without further ado bill how are you uh i'm good tired of the winter tired of the cold but uh I, i'm doing well i hear you um you know how I like to start sometimes with good numbers and that's history. Uh, I'm not putting you on the spot, but uh you got one maybe in mind? Twenty six? Yeah. Does I'll anybody give you, wear twenty six? I'll give I you really a All right. I don't know. My fa- my first favorite baseball player ever. This will give yeah. the listeners a bit they'll know how old I am. You? Boom. I, yes.
1: Ah, I, I had to I had to Sparked the memory just a little bit, Rico. Yeah, great guy, great teammate, great player, underrated player. Yeah, great teammate.
0: Uh, he wore twenty six right around your time, ninety four yes. to ninety six. Yes.
1: That's why. Uh, it, that's why it came to me.
0: Yeah, uh, he was my first favorite baseball player. I loved his his game. You know,
1: silky smooth. Yeah, silky smooth.
0: So we got Dave Kingman, twenty six, in that history, by the way, everyone. Dave Kingman, Terry Leach, Frank Viola in nineteen eighty nine. Okay, sweet music. Rico Bronia ninety four to ninety six, the time you were there, uh, first time, and then El Duque wore it actually. Oh, okay, uh, back in oh uh, six oh seven, uh, and then most recently, really of names, Kevin Plawecki, the backup catcher, uh, and then Tim LoCastro wore it last year, but didn't play much. Right. So, uh, but Rico, yeah. So number twenty six as we enter episode twenty six and. I think we're going to start off this episode with a big announcement. Uh, maybe people do know, uh, maybe they don't, but here we are. If you don't know, now, you know, we have the polar bear. Pete Alonso will be our next guest on the say hello, pa- uh, podcast. I'm so excited. I couldn't even say podcast. <laughs> um, that is big news, Bill. Um, obviously fan favorite uh, walk year. 60 home. uh, What is it? 60 home runs away from tying Darrell Strawberry's record, I believe. Already, already. Already. Yeah, it's insane. Um, And Pete has agreed and very excitedly to come on our podcast. And uh, we don't have a date set. And when we do, we will be. Everybody will know it right away. You know, we are as excited as everyone else. Uh, I put it out there on our social media platforms. Uh, We don't have that date locked in, but we will. It will be. During spring training, um, and it shouldn't be more than a week, two or three. You know, obviously spring training is only five more weeks. But uh, what do you think? That's a big name, Bill.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's obviously not just a big name in in, uh, in Mets world or in Mets land. That's a big name in, in, the, in the world of baseball. And yeah. uh, great guy, uh, yeah. always has positive things to say. How cool is it for you on episode 26 where you go from Rico Bronya uh, being your favorite first favorite player to your your now current favorite player and, and Pete Alonso? So uh, how fitting that is. But uh, that's a big that's a big time guest, obviously. Um, you know, face of the franchise in a way. Uh-huh. Uh, obviously, people will say Lindor, but I I say Pete. Uh, yeah, I could argue Lindor, but I say Pete simply on Pete is a Met. You know, Pete was a Met coming up, signed as a Met. He is homegrown. A and we are all obviously hoping for uh, a successful season as well as a re-signing at some point in time of yeah. uh, of their franchise player.
0: And uh, yeah. so he reported the camp uh, a day before he was, uh, you know, uh, officially needed to, uh, to report for position players. Uh, he was the only player actually that had a press conference, you know, like at the podium with reporters and all that. No one else did. And, uh, he actually this is why we all love Pete. Again, I, I know Pete personally now. I'm lucky enough, you know, having Lucy who uh Haley and Pete fostered uh and now, you know, Lucy has a forever home with me. Uh I Pete, heard Pete announced was doing
1: a pretty cool thing this year actually with home runs and
0: go ahead, tell everybody about Yeah, if they my know. wife
1: actually told me about it. I guess for every home run he's gonna donate a thousand dollars to kill shelters around the country to uh Yep. And we said, oh, "What a great thing it is!" And obviously, he's he's holding up his end of the bargain and some, and that's just that's fantastic that he's doing that.
0: Yeah, and uh, I, I saw all the comments, and you know, there are Yankee fans, Braves fans, people that despise the Mets. That you can't hate on that. I mean, there's uh, no way. He, he uh, well, put it this way: he saved Lucy, or and his wife Haley saved Lucy's life, literally, yep. kill shelter, all that. So yes, Bill's. Right, he announced that a one thousand dollars for every home run, not counting the home run Derby, obviously um if he's there uh but let's hope that Pete hits a hundred you know a yeah. uh, hundred nice. grand
1: hundred grand for saving dogs,
0: it's yeah a beautiful thing. so uh, I'll say this if uh if Lucy will cooperate, I will have uh, when Pete is on whatever episode it is, I will have Lucy on for a little bit um That'd be cool. you know to say hello to everybody so. <laughs> That would I'm be. Sure he, I'm
1: sure Pete. I'm sure Pete will appreciate that too.
0: Yes, yes. So big news. big news,
1: man. That's that's really that's a big catch.
0: Yeah, you know, Bill, we're we're setting the bar high. Our first <laughs> guest, Doc Gooden, getting his number retired. You right. know, April 14th, and then Pete Alonso. I mean, that's a pretty a high bar to start off, but I love it.
1: No? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. And we're very lucky, uh, to be able to get those guys on. I'm lo- obviously looking forward to, I've never spoke with Pete before, so I'm looking forward to getting to, to know him a little bit more on a personal basis on a one-on-one or two-on-one, if you want to call it that. But, um, yeah, you know, big time, big names, uh, yeah. Shalo podcast is doing some big things that maybe some people didn't kind of expect. So those are two, two huge names to pull out of the hat, uh, right away as guests.
0: Yeah, and, you know, there will be many more guests as well. Uh, we won't go into some names that we have, but uh, we're, we're excited for the future. So, again, hit that subscribe button, uh, like, share, follow, tell your friends and family. Uh, Pete Alonzo's coming on the pod, and I'm internally grateful for Pete doing this because Pete I don't think has ever been on a podcast that I could recall. Uh, I've seen other players, Nimmo, McNeil, even David Stearns, talking about Pete Alonso on podcast. Uh, but Pete is very kind enough to do this on his own time. So uh, I, I'm very, very grateful for you know giving us that time when, when it is uh, we will announce it. So awesome. uh, moving on, pitchers and catchers has reported as we talked about last episode and now full squad is there as well. So we got the whole team, baby Mets baseball is underway. Um, I wanted to, First, talk about uh, spring training as a fan and also get your take as a former player. So I did go to Clover Park last week uh, as a fan, of course. Thomas J. White Stadium. Uh Uh-huh. I remember. I was there, you know, as a (laughs) fan. Uh, Tradition Fields, it was called, too. Yep. Um, I I
1: stick with, you know, me. I I, I know. I I
0: know.
1: You know how it goes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Nostalgic.
0: It actually was uh, Clover Park. I just read this. Named the best minor league park uh by by some big time publication uh yeah, just it's a it's really, really nice done
1: tremendous renovations and i had the opportunity last year in fantasy camp to yep. go into the clubhouse it, what a difference what a difference it is from uh from the just rows of blue lockers that it used to be back in the day they, they it's did a, a
0: great job it's a state-of-the-art clubhouse and they're literally low a you know or you know single a so yep. uh if you've never been to Clover Park, check it out. Uh, you got five weeks for Mets baseball, and then of course St. Lucie Mets play all summer long as well. Uh, so I went there last week as a fan, and uh, I had a blast. Uh, it's changed, you know, obviously from year to year. They always, you know, tinker with things, and uh, you know, it, 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 I went purposely not when the full squad was there uh, because p- after President's Day Monday everybody who's a Met fan who can afford and has the luxury from New York gets on that plane when they're off from school and goes to, you know, the open workouts. Yep. And so I didn't want to deal with all the crowds. So I went before that. Smart move. Um, yeah. Um, I had a blast, but I've done it, you know, three years in a row now. And back in the day I did five years in a row, uh, when I was, you know, uh, in a, I guess a teenager and, uh, they've upgraded like you said and obviously port st Lucie is upgraded forget uh, about it so i wanted to get your take uh i know how how it is as a fan interacting with players you mm-hmm. know i was talking with jet williams the number one prospect how's he uh, looking uh you know who he reminds me of who's that he's a small dude but jose altuve okay. um, he, pop right-handed uh you know small guy five six but uh you know, I'm not comparing him to Otto uh, a Future Hall of Famer, but right, he reminds right. me, plus he's very young. And, High energy uh,
1: guy too, right? High energy and aggressive yeah. and yeah. Yeah. And
0: uh and also uh Louisa Kuna was at the hip, you know, with Jet, who's the you know, top prospect, a mess got in the uh Scherzer trade. Right. Um so when I was there, not all the players were there, but uh a lot of them were signing you know, nice to the fans. As fans you have to understand they're working. Um So, but always a good experience. If you've never gone for a workout, you know, I recommend it at least once. So that brings me to you, Bill, as a former player and you're in spring training and you have all these fans who want your attention, you know, you got to remember it's exciting for the kids, of course, number one. And also just like you said, you're done with the cold. They're all getting out of the cold, the fans. They're all coming from New York usually, so their energy is perked up. So, as Hell a yeah. former as a former player, do you recall how did you go about interacting with fans back in the day?
1: Well, you know, in my day, and I'm, I'm sure it's relatively the same now. Is they have the you know they have the four fields, and then they have the ten pack, which is the mounds, and then the four pack, and then the small field. So you you were crossing from from field to field and all that, and would be interacting with the fans. Me personally, um, I always had that feeling that I understood that we don't have a game without the fans uh and the fans obviously we play the game we make the game but the fans allow us to have that game and without the fans we don't have that game so I always felt like if somebody wanted to come say hello to me or or get a a quick autograph obviously within reason and you're always gonna have somebody that gets angry because if you sign 50 if you don't sign that 51 the 51st guy is going to be upset and that's just part of it but I always felt like I enjoyed it. Uh, obviously, I was a little flashy, so I enjoyed the, the adulation a little bit. But, um, you know, like I said, I always understood that without the fans, we don't have the game. Uh, yeah. and no, it's, it's not the same without the fans. So you want to give back as much as you possibly can and enjoy the, that they took their time during the day to come out and, uh, and just to be, you know, be with the players a little bit. So you, you do get a little bit closer interaction yeah. than you do a lot of other times oh, because the guys are traveling from field to field. So I enjoyed it. I always tried to make the most of it. Um, you know, you put on a good face even if you're having a bad day because that's that one time that that person might get the opportunity to meet you and you don't want to send them away uh, with a negative with a negative vibe about you as a, as a player.
0: Yeah, it's a very intimate setting uh, for fans. You get very, very close nice. to the players. You can get right up to the, to the fence. Uh, and basically they're just doing – Uh, you know uh fundamentals you know like you've mentioned uh uh, pfp you know uh uh, so ground balls just regularly at third base i saw uh, Beatty and vientos um you get right up there and you're right people love their autographs you know and if you don't get 51 that person doesn't like you but you can't sign forever i totally understand that you know you gotta give give some time
1: but then the the hopefully the people understand too that you got to get on to the next thing because we are working. Like you said, we are working Yeah. and as, as professional athletes, you have to have that kind of that light switch on and off between dealing with the fans in between and then getting back on the field and say, okay, let's focus back in because uh, spring training, uh, while it's tedious and it gets a little bit long because you get excited to start playing, it's very important to, uh, to get yourself back into, into baseball playing shape and doing the the fundamental things.
0: When you were playing uh, and you were at, uh, you know Thomas J. White, as you recall it. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was. This answer is yes. Do you have fans with photographs of you, and you know that you sign? You know, oh yeah, that, cards, that, photographs, cards, you know? photo, all that. Um, yep, yep. you know, fans come prepared, you know, for their favorite Absolutely. players. Yep. Uh,
1: and look, we us as players, we really enjoy that. We do. The where it gets a little bit is um, if when you see the same person and you know that that person is like card. A card hawk and they you know they come up with 15 or 20 different cards i like to try to keep it i'm going to sign you know two autographs for you and then keep it moving on to the next people the way that i've always thought of it is if i was to bump into robert de niro huh. on the street and uh, you know what i want to go get robert de niro's autograph i might run over there with a napkin and a pen or something yeah. and ask him to sign it i'm not going to run over there with 20 different things for uh bobby de niro to sign but um you definitely should spend time with the fans and, and and do the autographs and do the photos and say hello and that's part of the game man that's part of being a a, a major league baseball player you
0: know and it's funny you mentioned you know fiftys a lot, and I know it's just an arbitrary number but if you, I'm gonna have you guess like, you probably know the answer there's one player on this team right now who will literally sign for everybody until his hand is hurting I mean the nicest guy i've ever met. Well,
1: my guess would be Nimo, <laughs> Nimmo or Lindor. Yeah, I would say Nimmo,
0: obviously. It's, and he gets it. You know, he gets it. it, it I'll tell a story real quick. Um, it's Nimmo. And I, it's everybody, the other fan bases, they get on Nimmo because they think he's, you know, he's fake. Although running to hard to first, you know, and pointing up to this guy. And it, this guy is the friendliest, most down-to-earth, like, that smile is real. And uh, when I went on Friday... Uh, I didn't get a Nemo autograph, but he was uh, taking fly. He took batting practice on the backfields. Then he was doing base running, uh, just down to the first baseline. And then he was a busy guy. Then he was all alone in left field, shagging flies because he's, you know, now the left field. They're not the center because, uh, when he was done, yeah, everybody going Nemo, Nemo. And he said, I have one more thing to do, but I will come out and I will meet you at the gate in right field. And well, idiot Casey knew he was, but it was taking a while. And I just, you know, it gets hot and it's late and he's working his ass off. Probably I'm going to guess indoor batting cage. Uh, And I found out later on that day that he did come out and he signed for everybody. And people were showing me what they got. And I know this firsthand last year I met, he literally signed at that gate in right field in the backfields for everybody. I mean like he talking to the player up uh, fans, taking selfies, signing whatever, striking up conversations, smile on his face the whole time. He gets it. Yep. Um, and as fans you really appreciate that. So, uh hats off to Nimmo. Uh he's really just a great guy and and that fans should really you know, not only is he a great guy, he's a, a great player. So, uh I just want to say, you know, I'm grateful for having him on my favorite team. So I hope people recognize that. I so, do. Yeah. I do for sure. Yeah. Um so that that talking about Nimmo moving to left field, uh uh what's it called? Mendoza. Carlos Mendoza, we're going to be talking a lot about him. The new manager of the Mets, bench coach last 4 years of the Yankees under Aaron Boone. Uh he's obviously there. He had a press conference as well. Uh he doubled down as happening. Your outfield to start with no injuries. Opening day will be Nimo in left, Harrison Bader in center, Marte, who looks good, healthy, knock on wood, and right. So this brings me to uh, our next topic. And this one, I, I like this topic. Um, I don't, I, I complained or, you know, whatever, call me what a uh, uh, pessimistic, what is going on in this offseason for the Mets type of fan, which is fair in my head, you know. I but, think
1: in the majority of people's heads, you know,
0: it's, yeah, it's a, little
1: different, a little different than the last few years.
0: Difference, perfect, because nothing flashy like we're used to. Uh, now that it's all set in stone and we see what it, all the pieces have fallen in, this team, Bill, and I can't believe I'm saying this now, can compete. And I'll just read this off, and I want to get your thoughts. There is a classic baseball line that is true every year, and I'm sure you know it. And I'll read it to you, quote, they will win 60, they will lose 60. What they do with the other 42 games will decide their season. So if the Mets go 25 and 17, I'm making up numbers here in the last 42, that's an 85 win team, which would put you right there in a playoff spot. So they have on paper, I think the talent. Now that it's all said and done, to be right around there, we don't. That last forty-two games, we don't know what will happen. It could swing horribly. It could go great. Uh, but I'm okay with eighty-five wins. Should be you're right there, just like the Diamondbacks last year. Uh, do you agree that with that classic line?
1: Oh yeah, I mean, obviously, that's that's been that's that's not cliche. That is the truth, and that's that's something that's been. I, I learned that early on in my. Yep. As a professional, that saying and it, it's definitely it it does bode bode true. Um, I looked at it a little bit. That would be a ten you know a 10, 10 game swing, ten win swing from last year. Uh, yeah. That's a lot of games. You know, it sounds great, it sounds easy, but uh, eighty you know well, I looked and the Diamondbacks won eighty four games last year, so eighty five oh. games should put you right in the mix. Um, like we talked about last week, a lot of things have to go the right way and guys have to play up to their potential. And that means everybody on the team, uh, obviously very optimistic come spring training that, uh, that things are going to go well and you hope for the best. Um, they're going to compete. They're not going to be the best team out there. You know, obviously the Braves and the Phillies and the Dodgers have a, a stronger roster on paper, but again, the games are not played on paper. The games are played on the field. And a lot of times what you find is teams kind of get going in a certain direction and they will play better than they are. And other times they'll get going in a certain direction and they'll play worse than they are. We'll use last year as an example where the team didn't play up to what their potential is. So you look into this year with some additions and some guys coming back like Diaz and that you look for hopefully the trend hot uh, and play above their, their quote unquote on paper potential. And they could be right in there in the mix.
0: Yeah, uh, two things that I got. And you make all great points. Two things that I got out of what you just said, you hit the the uh, hammer on the nail. Braves, Phillies in LA. I'm going to say they're in the playoffs. You know, they should it, be on they paper. Should, let's just yeah, on paper right now. Uh, anything could happen. Then you have again six teams in each league make the playoffs. So that's six teams in the NL. Let's just say that shoe wins right now are the Braves, the Phillies. That, that would probably be a wild card for the Phillies if the Braves are going to win the East like they have the last forever. And then L.A. You, is obviously the favorite by far to win. You chalk
1: them in for 100 wins pretty much, right?
0: That's- yeah. I think the over-under on the Dodgers, a 105.5 win total. Wow. It's, that's insane. But I get it. Um, yeah. But to finish off the point, um, you have those three. Then you have the winner of the NL Central who could be the Cubs, the Cardinals, the, the Brewers. You, right. The so that's four. So that leaves two wildcard teams, two more spots. There you go. You have Mets maybe right in the mix. The Giants, I would say, would be right around there. The Cubs, if they don't win the division. Uh, you know, San Diego? Yes. Yeah, so, oh, San Diego. You know, they got uh, Bob Melvin now as their new manager. And I don't think
1: the Diamondbacks got any worse, right? So they're still going to be a, a competitive oh. team and they're very young.
0: I think they got, yeah, they definitely didn't get worse. It's anything better. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, Yep. So
1: and they got a taste, so they're hungry now too, you know.
0: Yeah, and the, so and the other thing that you mentioned is that the ten game swing. I'll be positive for a second. The, they won seventy five games last year, but they could have easily won more. They just decided to sell at the deadline. So oh, yeah. you know, but could have won eighty four games? Perhaps we'll never know. So moot point. But th- if everything again big ifs goes according like you said, they could be right there for. Uh, getting in and the players understand that. I don't know if you've seen some interviews, maybe on social media or S and Y, they understand that, you know, they're not favorites anymore like they were last year. So the expectations are lower, but they're all under the same umbrella with we just got to get in the dance and anything can happen. And anything I've been saying that at every episode. I feel like just get in. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, I right now. I actually feel good about the Mets' chances. Talk to me in three months, you know. It's,
1: it's spring training. everybody feels a little bit good, right?
0: Of course. Um. So yeah, that's a perfect segue. I know it's spring training, and I know it's early, just like you said. But hearing the interviews, being there, sit, hearing, feeling the vibes, seeing the, you know, how they speak, I just feel like the vibes are totally different from last year. With you know, obviously on paper, not as good, but paper doesn't matter. Go out and play. And I'll get, I want your take on this. I don't, because I don't know the answer and I don't, no one does probably. Is it because they have less pressure, less expectations? Maybe Buck was a little too strict. Maybe they're just more loosey goosey because, oh, we, we, we don't have to win 100 games or, you know, we're not the favorites, blah, blah, blah. My point is, I just, for me personally, Feel a completely different, better vibe with the players. That's how I go about it, and I, you could disagree, not. Um, but I don't know what it is. It could be all a combination.
1: Yeah, I think it's probably a multitude of things. I think obviously you take out some of the big personalities, um, in, in former, in future Hall of Fame pitchers that can probably dominate, be domineering or dominating the clubhouse a little bit, and then you come off of the. The 101-win season the year before where maybe you sat on your laurels a little bit. I don't know if that's the case or not, but it could be. Um, little less expectations, maybe the underdog thing a little bit, gives you gets you a little bit of excitement, you know, where uh, we're going to try to prove people wrong, you know, because people love to prove people wrong and, and yeah. show them. they. I want to show you what we're made of. So I would say that it's probably a multitude of all those things. Uh, Buck being hard, I don't know if I saw Buck being hard much. I saw a lot of... I, I you know I've had my complaints about the non-batting practice and all that but maybe that's out of buck's hands. Um
0: uh, well I I'll, I I'll tell you when I say buck, you know, being strict, uh I we I know what you're talking about in terms of the no batting practice and all that. What buck, if you remember, wouldn't allow players to get be themselves. For example, Arizona Francisco Alvarez, he went off. And if you remember he did like a little dance around first base turning around, but not showing up the Diamondbacks after like a big three-run over in the ninth inning down to the last strike. Like it was
1: I remember that game.
0: Yeah, he he kind of spun around, rounding first, you know, and didn't show up the Diamondbacks. After that, I'm sure Buck said something to him well, because it might he have had
1: something to do with the team being 10 games under 500. You're like who knows really what it is, you know? I mean, when it comes to letting people, I think the the Buck Showalter from nineteen ninety five and the Buck Showalter from twenty twenty three uh, is a completely different person because in nineteen ninety five, well, let's not even say that. Let's say he was a Texan because he was a Yankee, so there wasn't yeah. going to be there wasn't going to be uh, belts that are your your country's flag or belts that I have nothing to do with. So he's he had to give some. Don't this isn't the same Buck Showalter, and he had to to be in the game because that's just the way that the game has gone now. But uh, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. But uh, uh, it's a long ways from uh, Drill Sergeant Buck Buck Showalter. I would say. But
0: oh, he, players like playing for him. He's he wasn't a drill sergeant. I'm not in the clubhouse, but yeah, you know, I wouldn't go. I'm not going that far. I, I guess the other example, and there's not many, but for Pete, you know, we were talking about pull the bear coming on our show, Pete Alonzo. He brought back the LFGM right away his first press conference that he used his entire career from his rookie year. And magically when Buck came aboard LFGM went away (laughs) Yeah, and now Buck is gone. And it's back. It's first press conference. You'll see it. He always ends his interviews with media LFGM. Right. My point is with the Alvarez celebration and the LFGM is that, letting these players be themselves is a good thing in my opinion you know if you're it's not new,
1: it's sh- a new day you know yeah. it's a new day that's for so,
0: sure i like it i love the lfgm it's p being p- Pete. you know let these guys yeah. be who they are if it's not hurting anybody you know right so uh speaking of hurting <laughs> edwin diaz he's back and he's not hurt don't worry I'm not breaking news here Yeah. He, he's, he's healthy
1: everybody
0: <laughs> right no L- he he was hurt last year as we all know but Edwin Diaz is back and he's healthy, and I'm sure you've seen it, and our listeners, and uh, everyone watching on Shea Hello Media on YouTube. Uh, he's faced now live batters for the first time since he got hurt. He looks good. Uh, I don't know if you've seen him, and but man, S and Y or uh, social media platforms—they go right in that cage with live BP right on yeah. the, like the main field, and you're right in there, and you're like seeing that slider. And you're seeing that fastball and you're like, how do you, how do you hit this? You know, uh, that is, he's a needle mover, you know, but we talked about all the big ifs for the Mets to make the playoffs. We, we mentioned Diaz, but it's just inferred, you know, having him back, he looks healthy and, uh, he says he is, he looks it the, he arguably had the best relief, uh, reliever season ever in 2022. Uh, if he ha- gives you close to that, he won't replicate it. He, the Mets are—that's a big, big, big piece back, uh, and he looks good so far.
1: Yeah, obviously we've talked about it numerous times. He's a huge, a huge cog in this wheel here uh, for the ball club. Uh, we talk about a ten-game difference. You know, last year obviously the bullpen was one of the weaknesses of the team. So yeah. getting him in there and moving everybody up in up in the order. Uh, obviously makes the game shorter, you know, when you, you know that the, you got a lights out guy coming in, in the ninth inning. One thing I do like is he doesn't have the wear and tear over last year on his arm. His arm got to rest for the year, even though he didn't get to pitch. Uh, I know There'll be some people that will say, well, he didn't pitch for a year. He's got to get his feet back underneath him. Again, this guy's been pitching his whole life and the game didn't change in those, in the 365 days that he missed. So I would expect a big season from Edwin. His stuff is, some of the most electric stuff in the game. He's a, a big-time competitor. He's got to be a very um, uncomfortable at bat for right-handed hitters, too, because he'll whiz one up underneath your chin every once in a while at 99 miles an hour. So um, very happy that he's healthy. I'm sure every all Mets fans are, as well as the Mets organization, are happy to have him back because I'm sure that he's probably a nice mouthpiece in the in the clubhouse as well, too, for his positivity and his energy level and what he brings to to the ball club.
0: Yeah, uh you met uh shorter. You mentioned how the game obviously gets shorter with a guy like Edwin Dia- Diaz as a lockdown closer. That as you would know, uh helps everybody else out in the bullpen. That yep. if they do their jobs and they do, just get it to that lockdown closer, unlike last year, chances are, you know, we won't be breathing heavily like last year in the ninth. Yep. And uh you know, Adovino's back, really back they didn't have diaz now it, i feel like it just alleviates a little bit of pressure and it means a lot so and, and and bill i can't believe i'm saying this again i think the mets actually have a pretty good bullpen again talk to me in three months right but we were waiting for that those final pieces and we didn't get to talk about one player uh fujinami that they signed uh right uh, Japanese, I believe, played uh, with the A's last year, seven ERA, horrible. But then he went to Baltimore, under th- four ERA, pitched well. Guy throws one hundred three miles an hour. Yeah. Now gr- that's great, but you got to locate, as you know. But he has the tools, and it's a good uh, signing because he's got options. He, you can, you know, send him down if it doesn't work out. But again, upside, low risk, high reward. We didn't even get to talk about him. Uh, and then the, la- the other one, Jake Dietman. He you, the Mets now uh, have two lefty relievers. So him and Raleigh. If
1: that's, a must, if that's a must. You got to have two, at least th- two. Th- yeah. And with Fujinami, I think it's great for him to be able to come to a club that has a, I know he's, it's only his second year in the major leagues, but uh, a veteran pitcher in Senga who's a, a, a nation, you know, a nation man with him, the same nation, yeah. same country, same countryman, that helps, you know, for comfortability wise for him to have somebody that is he can if he wants to go and speak Japanese with his Japanese teammate, he can feel free to do it and be be himself a little bit, you know. So I think that will definitely be something that will help him. And Senga already being there for a year, knowing the culture of the organization and knowing the culture of the clubhouse can help uh, endear him with his into his teammates and help him transition smoothly into being a part of the ball club.
0: Yeah. Uh, you're right. Sango, a very good point. That It could only help. Fuji. It could only help. It's not it yeah. can only help. Right. For sure. and, and, you know, uh, I like to call him Mount Fuji. I, mean, I don't know why. That's but, good. Fuji's uh, the, I'm sure
1: that's good. I'm, I would be willing to bet that will be his nickname.
0: Yeah. Uh, could be already. Um, probably. And, and also, just because we never got a chance to talk about Jake Deepman, uh, Diekman, he started last year. He's older, 37, 38, lefty. He'll be behind Raleigh in the pecking order. But, On the White Sox to start the year last year, walked too many guys and he ended up going right away to the Rays. As we all know, the Rays are amazing with their pitchers and they fixed them. And he had an amazing made to the end of the season with the Tampa Bay Rays. So uh, they fixed the walks. He had a very good ERA as a second lefty reliever. Okay. I'm happy. You know, good veteran presence. He's been around. Ended on a good note last year. So I'm, I'm with Diaz, which started this convo off, I I, I like the bullpen. And they're going to have to be on their game because we know the starting rotation is not going to give you those. The length. The length, the the long, yeah, the length, because they're just not built for that. So um, it's good. Obviously bullpen is everything. So I, I, I'm above average bullpen. I'm not saying great, but above average.
1: Well, better, better. You feel better about it now than we did uh, two months ago, let's say.
0: Yeah, and and probably because of Diekman, Adavino, and Fujinami, those are three guys that they brought in uh, in a short amount of time, and uh, three not well. Fujinami's not a veteran, but upside for him is insane. I mean, but uh, you, you, you you dial in that
1: one hundred and three miles an hour, right. And you got something going. You got something. Let,
0: let Let's see that pitching lab they have now, and let's see Jeremy Hefner go to work with Fujinami. You know, right on. Uh, it's there. Uh, so and and plus, did we? I I don't think we ever actually talked about Adevino. We might have,
1: we did, yeah, when he came back.
0: He's just another veteran presence, and uh, he won't be relied upon to be a closer. So, Diaz changes everything.
1: Yep, Uh, Ottavino slips back into the role that he's kind of always had over the last five years or so. Yeah, where he doesn't have to be that supreme pressure guy, he can be that transition guy to the, the supreme pressure guy, where he probably and he'll he might not admit it uh, openly, but behind closed doors, you might say, you know what? I feel a little bit better in that situation. And I feel like I'm more successful in that, in that role.
0: And and he's happy too. Like, you know, he's a New Yorker. He lives in New York. He's got kids here. He's older. You know, he gets to stay here for at least one more year. So, uh, I like it. We'll see what happens again. Talk to us. And yeah, our tune might be a little different come uh, May or June. That's the way it rolls, right? That's, that's baseball for you. Um, Let's talk uh, quickly about two things before we get to the mailbag. Um, Luke Voigt, who had a stint with the Mets in AAA last year, uh, just got signed to a minor league contract. Now, Luke Voigt hit 14 home runs in 37 games last year. He, Ex-Yankee, Mendoza knows him well, pop. Yep. Uh, I, don't, I don't mind the move. I don't think it, it really uh, – the only thing I could think of why they signed him a, depth, because he could always go to triple I think he would have to agree um, uh, for him. But they also signed Choi, a man Choi. Who, oh, did they?
1: I didn't I yeah, that.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, last year, Pirates and Padres, awful year. Awful. But lefty first baseman, good defender. And Luke, by the way, Luke Voigt first baseman. Uh, that is a split contract for Choi. So with incentives. I like having depth. Obviously, this means nothing for Pete Alonso. He's going to play every day at first and get some days at DH for rest. But I think more uh, – let's see. I want to know your take on it. I know how, what your take is with Luke Voigt and his hat and his sleeves. But uh, and feel free to talk about it. Uh, no, shoot. no. <laughs> All right. Um, I like it more. It's not affecting Pete for the DH spot. I'm not saying they're not happy with Vientos you know, they've obviously given him the keys, but we've talked about it before. There's nothing wrong with competition. And if the Antos looks terrible in the, in the spring, you can send them down. And if Voigt looks good, there you go. You have Voigt now. And things yeah. could, you know, change over the year, but depth is a good thing. Choi, Voigt, nothing to lose there.
1: Well, I think uh Voigt is probably hungry. You know, he didn't get much time in the big leagues last year. And as baseball players, you, you're, you you yearn for that big league time and you want to be up there, especially as you get a little bit older and you know that you're, you're getting towards the end a little bit. So I would suspect that he's probably pretty hungry right now. Wanting to prove that he's still a major league baseball player. Obviously it gives depth. Um, I G man, when G man was playing in Toronto and uh, then, uh, excuse me, in Tampa, he was tremendous, you know, and he actually owns Garrett Cole. I don't know if you've ever seen the numbers on that, but he's, he basically hits uh, quite a few home runs off of Cole. So, um, I think both of those guys would probably be, be an upgrade over uh, Vogelbach from the last year and a half. So uh, that's a positive. Um, it makes you wonder a little bit about Vientos, what they what they feel about him. Maybe they feel that he needs a little bit of pressure to keep him motivated and yeah. keep him pushed. So um, I don't think that they're, they're ground-shaking moves. You know, you're not going to get an all-star DH out of either one of those guys. But they do have experience. Uh, obviously, voigt has got tremendous power. Um you know, options are always good. Options are good. Uh, only thing that I would worry about is, as me as what as a young player that was seeing other guys be brought in and, and as just in cases or whatever, it makes you wonder about how Vientos is gonna gonna um, accept it or handle it. You know, knowing that oh geez, here we go. Now we got some other guys. I thought I was going to get the opportunity, but hey, that's part of the. That's part of the gig. You know, that's yeah. part of the job and that's part of the battle. It's whether you overcome it or whether you don't. So I think it's um you know, it'll be interesting to see.
0: Yeah. Uh I think we we, we said it today and we said it other episodes. A little friendly competition is good for everybody. So uh and the Entos has handled everything well, you know, so far. Said all the right things. And uh we'll see what happens. Uh spring training that is one, obviously, the DH will see who, you know, rises to the occasion, if you will. They have now a lot of guys in the, in the mix. They never, you know, never signed. Uh, he's still out there. J- JD Martinez is still available. But, uh, that actually perfect because you know who else is available? The last thing I wanted to talk to before we get to the mailbag It's crazy. And they're all Boris clients, by the way. So we we'll, and we won't go there. We don't have time. But Jordan Montgomery. Available still. So is Blake Snell. They're all Boris clients. I don't know what is going on, but we are what a, a month and a, it's five weeks, five weeks away from opening day. They're yeah. unsigned. Jordan Montgomery. If they're, he's not going to get the deal that he thought he would at this point. I, I can't see it. This lead. Um, they're not getting Snell with Blake Snell. You have to give up a draft pick or, or two, actually. And a million dollars, right? A, a million dollars, yeah. Or
1: in international money, right? But, yeah. yeah.
0: And, and teams are afraid. We talked last last episode about the date. Um, what, what date was it? Is, I still don't know. Yeah, um, I'm not sure either. Yeah, but Montgomery does not cost you any of that. Uh, he was traded from the Cardinals to the Rangers last year and won a ring. That's great with the Rangers in the postseason. Uh, since he was traded, no qualifying offer. So no, you don't have to give up a draft pick, no international money. And it looks like maybe, I have no clue, but it's late. As Yogi Berra said, it's getting late early. Yeah, Three to five years, could you, if you're the Mets, he would fit into the plans of 24, 25, 26, three to five year deal. And right up the Mets alley, giving up nothing, just pay the man. I I like it. I don't know if it will happen. It could be way off. And not on the radar, but never say never, right?
1: Yeah, I think I, I like it too, and I think that he's kind of come into his own over the last couple of years after he got out uh, away from um, the Bronx. Uh, the only thing that I think that it might give the Mets pause or hesitation would be that he did go to two quote unquote smaller market teams, even though we know that St. Louis is a big time baseball baseball town, but a much smaller yeah. market. They have they have one they have the Dispatch that covers the team. Right. Know, it's not like they have the eight beat writers in that. So maybe it gives them a little bit of pause saying maybe this guy doesn't want to pitch in New York or he's not a New York guy. Um, but he's now obviously pitched at the biggest stage as well, pitching in the World Series. So yeah. that's even bigger stage than saying you're pitching uh, in, in New York on a, on a, every five days. So I think he's an, obviously a quality pitcher, came into his own over the last two years. I wouldn't be mad if he was wearing a Mets uniform and pitching every five days for the Mets, that's for sure.
0: Totally agree with you. It's crazy how he's still available. Cra- crazy how the rating Cy Young Award winner available. Uh, Cody Bellinger, still available. Insane. Uh, and actually, uh, talking about Cody Bellinger, former Met Dom Smith uh, just signed a minor league contract with the Cubs. So uh, I, I, that doesn't affect Cody Bellinger, who played on the Cubs last year. But they're they're filling up positions there uh, if it doesn't work out. Cause Those got
1: They got to be going crazy on a a daily basis, knowing right now that everybody's down at camp and I still haven't got anything ironed out yet.
0: I know that as we talked about in length about, you know, if they have kids and family, where are you living and also the money. And here we are they're They got nothing as of right now. They will, but it's unheard of for all these guys to be still on the outside, looking in at their quality. Yeah. I
1: think we talked about it briefly last week. I just would think that as the, Front offices, too, and this comes from a guy that played for a long time, and I know a lot of people in front offices now didn't play at all. Like, you want to get that guy on the field ASAP as soon as possible. So I don't know how far these these teams are off on their numbers with each other, but I would think that the front offices, especially and definitely the players, 100% the players, got to be feeling like, I got to get on the field, man. We're yeah. running out of time here to be ready, and I want to be ready. I don't want to be trying to get ready after the season's already started.
0: I know. Uh it, it's a, really it's a staring match. It's 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 like who will blink first. Blink. But, yeah. Right. And we Soler up until what last week was one of the free agents he signed with the Giants. It was a staring contest between the Giants and Soler, and he got the three years, you know, Giants caved. And here we are with the other players we just talked about. So yeah, uh you would think these teams would want, if they have interest, getting them in yeah. ASAP. Uh and it's crazy to hear Boris who has all these guys, including Pete Alonzo and Juan Soto, who are free agents after the year. Um, he has his own facility, I think in Arizona that, you know, they could train guys are working out. Right. right. But the, it's like, not the same. No, I mean, you could build a roster with all these guys and they would beat most yeah, pretty teams. Good,
1: good team. Yeah.
0: Right. So we will see what happens. I don't expect Jordan Montgomery to be a Met, but you I don't know, either. But here we are. It's possible that I don't see it happening. Um, so good, good stuff there. And uh, yeah, Dom Smith, happy for him. And also, I don't know if you saw real quick before we get to the mailbag, uh Daniel Vol- Volgovac, you brought him on. I did. Yes. Blue Jays. Yep. Yep. So, good, good for him. him. Good for him. Yeah. Yep.
1: He root root yeah. I root for everybody, man. Root and,
0: for them all. Uh one more. Eduardo Escobar Blue Jays.
1: Okay. Another Might solid leave. player. I wouldn't yeah. mind having him back. You know, he'd be, he's a nice he's a nice utility uh player. Great attitude. Yeah. Uh you know, good positive dude. Positive guy. Like Fan him.
0: favorite? Yep, yeah. like them. Like uh, yeah. I wish them nothing but the best, those guys. They were good guys. Yep, so. absolutely. Um, mailbag time. Here Let's we go. Uh, if you're not familiar, we have the Mailbag, every Shay Hello podcast. Uh, we put it up usually around the weekend. It's from Shea underscore hello on Twitter slash X, where we ask you to throw your questions in uh, for Bill and or me. It's usually for Bill. Uh, but follow us on Twitter or X, whatever you call it, and uh, look out for that. Uh, it's called The Mailbag, and uh, you'll see it usually every weekend. Uh, we have some questions that we'll get to, and uh, let's let's do it, Bill. You ready? I am
1: ready. Always All ready. Right.
0: You know who we're starting off with. Yep. Your boy, uh, NYMGI. Bill, how often do you think Boris' clients are in communication with him now? Um, are they cursing him out? I guess he meant their players. Yeah, their clients. He said that. So let me start over. Sorry, uh, JK. That's his username. Bill, how often do you think Boris' clients are in communication with him now? Are they cursing him out, trusting the process? What do you think it's like for these players now with camp underway? We just talked about this yeah, perfect time.
1: I mean, obviously, I would think that it's a daily basis thing right now because if something has to give. You know, I, I got to play somewhere. You know, even if you're, are you talking to Japan? Are you talking, what, what are we doing here? Um, are they cussing him out? I'm sure probably at times underneath their breath, off the phone, they might be saying, what in the uh, is going on here? Um, trusting the process. Obviously, Boris has a long track record. So I think everybody's probably a little bit different. So you got to kind of trust the guy. But I think at some point in time, maybe teams are going to say, you know what, screw this guy, screw these guys. We're going to, you know, we'll go on without them and they'll come running back to us because. You're talking about owners of uh, teams that are multi hundred million dollars, if not billionaires, relative to guys that are trying to make 10 million, 50 million, whatever it may be. Oh. I know it sounds crazy, but chump change relative to the owners of these ball clubs. So I'm sure there's a lot of stress going on right now for those guys that haven't signed yet. Not that they're not going to be all right. They're going to be all right. But our livelihood and our life and our, our lifestyles, not lifestyles who we are is, is ball player and they want to go be ball players. So I'm sure there's a lot of, lot of tossing and turning at night. Wanting to know what in the world's going on.
0: Uh, I, yeah, it, it, it has to be uncomfortable. Uh, I'll put it. <laughs> it can't be comfortable. We're in the middle of February, late February. Right here. So, you know, I, I, I,
1: I want to be on the ball field with my teammates and being, getting ready to go.
0: Right. So good question. Perfect timing. Cause we just talked about it. Uh, We'll go with, uh, let's go with uh, Jeff Hasley. His username is Jeff Hasley. and uh, New one. Yeah. He goes, I'll keep things fairly straight with which utility player has the chance to make a big impact this season? Which pitcher, not in the expected rotation, could make a jump as a routine starter as the season wears on?
1: Um, well, I'll, I'll start with the, the starting pitcher because we brought his name up numerous times. And that would be Lucchese seeing what he what ends up happening with him i like the way that he ended the season last year he's proven that he's got some he's got some big balls and he's not afraid uh to pitch even with uh, he's quote unquote understuffed you know he doesn't have the stuff that some of the the high-end guys have but he's proven his turf yeah the churve. and um i think he could be a guy that could end up cracking into the rotation at some point in time and hopefully with health could, could be successful Uh, obviously Wendell's, uh, you know, he's, he's taken over for the Guillaume role in the, uh, the utility player. Uh, you'd like to see him. He's been a solid player. He's played on winning ball clubs. Hopefully he can bring that winning mentality in as another competitive winning ball player. And then obviously we've said numerous times about DJ Stewart, but then obviously you have these, these two signings that kind of make him going to be sitting there wondering a little bit what's going on. Like, oh man, I thought I was at least in the mix for DH, if not, you know, Play getting in the outfield a little bit more often. Now they've already announced that these are our three starting outfielders, and now I'm the fourth outfielder, and you just signed two. But um, I would like to see him get a, an opportunity because obviously I love the left-handed bat, and I love the uh, the quote unquote comeback story from a guy that you know was a highly touted high high draft pick and had to go through some some uh, some struggles to get himself back to the big league level.
0: Yeah, uh, DJ Stewart, I agree with uh, in terms of uh, position player. Uh, like you said, uh, first-round draft pick, highly touted. Uh, He got a major league deal, but he does have an option left. So uh, he's secure, but he could be back in the minors, which is a little uncomfortable, like it's, you said. It's
1: a, it's a shitty feeling. And I've been yeah. there, and it's a shitty feeling. And we've talked about this before. When you're going up there to the plate or you're going out there to the mound and you're feeling like, okay, it's it's – it's make or break time. It's it's hard to play the game that way because the game is is super duper hard to begin with. So I hope for nothing but the best for DJ Stewart. I'm root, really rooting for him, and you know I I, uh, I think that he could be a, a integral cog in the wheel to uh, to helping the team be successful.
0: Yeah, uh, and I agree with you with uh, Luke Casey. The the fifth spot is up in the air in my opinion with a lot of different names. But uh, there's one guy that I, I, I'm going to answer this uh, as well just because I like. I, I'm really in love with this guy. He's a prospect, and I see him up this year. And in my opinion, the number one pitching prospect in the Met system, Christian Scott, um, University of Florida, uh, where Pete played, where Harrison Bader played. Uh, he's got the most electric stuff out of all those uh, uh, Double A, Triple A pitchers, and probably the closest with like Mike Vassell or Dom Hamill uh, to make an impact on the Being team. Ready. Yeah. He's a reliever in college, so he's transitioned now to be a starter. And he only threw 87 total innings last year between uh, single A and double A. But uh so they gotta build them up a little bit. So it would probably be as the season goes on. But his stuff, 97, incredible stuff. He's wowed the major league players in live BP already with his stuff. Wow. Uh and his walk to uh, strikeout to walk ratio, unbelievable he's a guy to really look out for. I, I, he has ace potential. So awesome. not a lot of pe- people talk about Christian Scott. So that I'll go with him. Good day. Uh, let's move on to Jimmy Legs. Thanks for the question, Jeff, by the way, uh, Jimmy Legs, Bill and Casey, <laughs> Luke Voigt was just signed. Mendoza said in the DH mix, is this legit? In your opinion, he does have pop, or is it just to get more fire in Vientos? Well, we talked about this. Yeah, I
1: think it's I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, yeah. if he comes out and Voight knocks the shit out of the ball in spring training, great. You know, if he comes in and he just applies the pressure on Vientos to make sure cuz I've heard some things about Vientos and maybe he needs maybe he is the guy that needs a little bit of a fire lit underneath his ass. So, um, I think so be it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's all of the above. I think yes, it is. It is legit as if Luke comes in and he smashes the ball all over the place, he is going to get the opportunity. And if he doesn't, okay, we, we move we move on. We obviously know we have Stewart. We, uh, we, we brought in G-Man Choi as well. Uh-huh. And we have the young prospect in Vientos. So I think that right. all of the above. I, I, I think all of the above.
0: Yeah. Uh, great question. and We did talk about it. And, yeah, I agree with, with everything we talked about and what you just said. And I'll put it this way. Luke Voigt did not come here without a uh, – if you play well in spring training – you know, you'll have every opportunity to make this team. Like he was told that or he wouldn't be here. So yep. let's we'll, we'll roll with that. So thanks for the question, Jimmy. Uh, one more before we get to the quick pitches. Uh, Jake, uh, at Jake12889. Bill, yep. it's, it's for you. Bill, what do you like the most about Port St. Lucie? It sure has changed since the mid-90s and up until now. Does anything stand out to you?
1: Well, obviously, it's come a long way from Port St. Lousy or Port St. Lonely, Um, (laughs) you know. And it was my home for a long time, and I still consider it a part-time home. And I, I, like I've said numerous times, I feel so lucky to be able to go down there every year. Um, The thing that I noticed the most is the amount of food in the area, restaurants, uh, fast food. It's just amazing that I think you could go probably a month or two just in the St. Lucie West area and never have to eat, eat at the same place on a daily basis. I mean, obviously, um, it's it's way, way more than it used to be. Yeah. Um, and they've got everything you need there when it comes to food-wise. And The traffic, though, I don't know, because you can tell me, because I know the exit there off of 95, they've been working on it for the last two years, uh, because the on- and off-ramp there, it would back up tremendously, uh, because so- the, the growth. I'm hoping they've got that thing, that on-ramp, actually the off-ramp to go into St. Lucie. If you're coming from the south uh, to north, man, that would be back up for a mile to get off, to get on to um, St. Lucie Boulevard, St. Lucie West Boulevard. So what do I notice? Way more traffic and way more food. But it's still St. Lucie, and I absolutely love it.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I was just there, and uh, you were just there in January for Fantasy Camp, uh, commercialized to the you know through the roof. Yeah, and uh, to answer your question, they fixed that. There's no traffic now coming. So it's
1: all done now. It's been oh, it yeah. like two years. They've been working on yeah. the ramp for like two years to widen you, it and and uh, yeah. It was you're good.
0: Nice. You get. Yep. It, I forget the exit, but off of 95, you get 121. off
1: 121.
0: Yeah, right. Exactly, and uh, I'll,
1: I'll never forget one twenty-one. I mean, yeah. that's it's the twenty-one thing. So uh, twenty-one,
0: your number, your there favorite you number. Uh yeah. So we're good there. Uh Port Saint Lousy. Oh boy, um, <laughs> Or Lonely. Yeah, but that's what it's called. Port Saint yeah, Lousy
1: well, or Port Saint Lonely?
0: They've done a good job to build it up, like you they said. They really
1: have. They really have. I love the place.
0: Yeah. Uh thank I you for the... back
1: in a heartbeat.
0: Hey, you're still young, my friend. Yep, I still got a chance. Thank you for the question, Jake. That will wrap up the mailbag portion. And again, uh, throw us a question for Bill or me. We'll put it out every weekend, Shay underscore hello on Twitter. And uh, we'll do our best to answer all the questions. So thank you all for the questions in our uh, episode 26 mailbag. And it is time to wrap things up, of course, with the last segment of Quick Pitches. Dun, dun, dun. Um, we need Let's to see what we actually. Got today. We need theme music for uh quick pitches. We I just do. thought of, I think that would be a really cool thing. Well, we'll, we'll work on that. We'll have to work on that. Yeah, uh, if you're not familiar with quick pitches, uh, real quick, Bill has three questions, maybe four. If I don't like answer the answer <laughs> to, to number three, we've incorporated that as we've gone on, but we've done it every episode. He does not know what's coming, and it does not have to be baseball related. You ready, Bill? I am ready. Dun, dun, dun. First off, question one, do you have a boat? I do not have a boat. Perfect. If you had a boat, what would you name your boat? So it has to be a female name, right? Isn't that how you name boats, females? Uh, I've heard that, but I don't know if that's necessarily true. I'm not a boat guy. I've heard it.
1: How about this? How about this? It's a classic, it's a classic Forrest Gump line. I I would just have on it, it would say, that's my boat, because when Lieutenant Dan comes to see Forrest and he shows up, Forrest jumps off of the boat to swim to shore to see Lieutenant Dan, and then you pan on by as his shrimp boat goes by and runs into the... (laughs) Crashes. Yeah, crashes, and Forrest looks at Lieutenant Dan and says, that's my boat, so I would just have, that's my boat, that would be the name. All right.
0: I like the I like the name. I love the your uh impersonation of Forrest Gump because bad. that wasn't Forrest bad at all. Is one of
1: my favorites. One of my great, favorites of all time.
0: Great movie. We've actually talked about Forrest Gump a, a couple times yep. on uh, the podcast. So uh, I remember that scene perfectly. I like the name. So
1: one of my favorite favorite parts of the movie of many yeah. many favorite parts of that movie. Yeah,
0: the l- dude, literally just jumps right off the right. boat. You know, crashes and right in front of like you said, Lieutenant Dan. That's my mode. yeah. I, yeah, I can't do the accent, so thank you I for that. Uh, we'll move to question number two. This is a weird one. I'm not going to lie. What's a body part you wouldn't mind losing if you had to choose?
1: You know, it's funny and that you say that because my youngest son, when he was a kid, would always used to say he wanted to cut off his pinkies. He didn't want to have his pinkies. So, what body part would I want to lose? If I, I think I can still manage without the pinkies.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, maybe uh, an ear. Maybe you could take an ear like Van Gogh.
0: I you could do that. Ear. One ear would still work, you know. You could
1: um, still hear even without the ear, right?
0: Yeah, Yeah. I would think so. Yeah. so what about say
1: pink, pinky or an ear? That okay. is a weird question. I don't want to lose is- any of them, but if I had to.
0: Right. Yeah. Hey, I said it was a weird question. Yeah,
1: throw a a pinky toe in there, too, and that's a Seinfeld reference.
0: Yeah, it could be like a fashion statement if you had to do it. Again, if if you had to.
1: If I had to. I would go pinky, pinky toe, pinky pinky toe ear in that order.
0: Okay, yeah, toe, I can see, you know, uh, definitely, for sure. Uh, Question three, and this will decide if we go to a question four. So I, I made question three on purpose before four. So let's see what happens. Only Bill knows. What is the first thing you do after getting home from a long trip? Take a shit. <laughs> oh God, that's awesome! It's a great answer. It's, it's it, the truth. It, it's the, that's why it, the truth shall set you free, and it. Yeah. I, I It's the truth, and it's funny. I, I'm laughing. You know um it's that, funny because it's true that, wow
1: and i'm not I, the I, only one i just thought i might be the one of the only ones that would actually come out and say it but i'm being nah, honest
0: yeah um uh, you're not the only one for sure me too you know and yep. uh I, I wanted to ask question number four but i'll save it for next week because that's a great answer that was for good three. enough? yeah right, that, I nailed it. definitely we got to end on that that was perfect i love it um that's good that's going to wrap up episode 26 on the Shay podcast. Uh, we had a lot to talk about. A lot has happened. Pete Alonso's coming on the show. Uh, we got spring trading underway. We got signings. We got Diaz. Uh, we got a lot of things going on. Uh, any final thoughts, words, uh, Mr. Pulsifer?
1: Oh, just uh, thanks. Thanks to the listeners. Thanks. To, uh, it's great that we've got to the 300 subscribers now uh, awesome that we've got our, our highest rated, our highest watched show after having doc on the previous week. I think that's outstanding. I think that, uh, I'd like to thank obviously everybody that sends into the mailbag, our usuals. And I'd like to thank the, uh, the two new people that send in some, uh, some questions. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah. I, I echo those uh, sentiments and, uh, uh, I'm excited. Uh, baseball starting for real with games. What? Yeah. Exhibition, but there's still games. So we're back baby. And, uh, uh, fun as always. Uh, again, if you're watching on Shalo Media on YouTube, please hit like, share, and subscribe. You can find all podcasts on all podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google, Chrome, uh, Castbox, everywhere. We're on it. Uh, Shalo Podcast for audio. And, uh, thank you, Bill. Great answers, uh, for the quick pitches. <laughs> and, uh, uh, for Stephen White, our producer, Bill Pulsifer, my name is Casey Lynn, saying so long from episode 26 of the Say Hello Podcast.